0: Seibel, your host. Welcome to Sweet Home Seibel. I'm up at six in the morning to do this podcast episode. I thought I would be able to do it earlier this week, but with everything going on in my life, it's just not possible. So here we are on Thursday morning, 6 a.m., and we're going to record this podcast. Okay, I'm reading a book. And it has really inspired me to view things a little bit differently, which is awesome. But I want to talk about it because I think it might help other people out there who don't have the time to read books and who maybe haven't thought of this perspective the way that I haven't thought of this perspective. The book is called Willpower Doesn't Work. It's by Benjamin Hardy. And it is discovering the hidden key to success. And instead of me trying to Remember what the book said. I want to read a specific portion and then talk about it and go over examples. The chapter that I really leaned into was about the environment, how your environment shapes you. Benjamin Hardy in his book says, Who you are on Tuesday in one room is not the same as who you are on Wednesday in a different room. Around some people, you feel on top of the world. Around others, you can't think straight. You don't have an absolute value, an unchanging identity. Like pieces on a chessboard, your value and capability are relative, not fixed or unchanging. The relationship between things is the reality, not the things themselves. I love that I actually dog-eared that page because I just love the sentence, The relationship between things is the reality, not the things themselves. We can apply this to so many situations in life. The context around the thing is really what determines how we react or how we respond. If you don't have the full context, you probably will respond in a manner that's not with the whole picture. You know when someone like walks into an argument midway and then they try and pick a side and you're like, whoa, 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 you don't have all the context. You don't know what went on between us before you arrived. You're just picking a thing, a side, and you're not hearing or seeing what's going on. Why is it true that our environment fully, fully, fully aids in shaping who we are? Because your environment is part of you. We are not separate from our environments. As much as we'd like to think that we are, we are being inspired or drugged down by our environment every single day. Your environment holds the things that are closest to you in a repeating pattern meaning if you're coming home every day and you're smoking a cigarette on your back porch because you have a chair and a little ashtray and your box of cigarettes there it's an easy repeating pattern within your environment you have that environment set up you have that smoking area set up for you that is an environment that's a part of you because that's now a repeating pattern that you go to you have created that as part of your environment now we can talk about kids who grow up in homes and they didn't get to decide that or people who grew up in third world countries and they don't get to decide that everyone can change their environment eventually when we are cognizant enough aware enough to know that our environment is the point that's bringing us down then we can be able we should be able to change it because if we can know that the environment is the reason then we know that there can be a difference. When we're children, we don't know any different. That's the part of the trauma and releasing it and all of that good stuff. Another big thing that Benjamin Hardy points out in his book is that, like the title says, you can't just rely on willpower. You can't just rely on your mindset. And I think that's why I dive a little bit deeper into topics on this podcast because I want people to understand how and why you should change your mindset, not just doing it to do it. I was definitely in the boat that when someone said, Hey, just be happy, just calm down, just relax, like, excuse me, I can't just relax. Like, thanks for the unsolicited, unhelpful advice. <laughs> so I wanted to be the person that steps in and says, Hey, no, look. Right now you're feeling this way, but maybe step back and find a way and understand that anxiety and understand that feeling and then decide, how can I change it? And then the next time it happens, then you start to work on changing it instead of, hey, just calm down. So with that same idea, we can't just rely on Just be happy today. Like I said in my last podcast episode, some people will say they're happy, but they're actually not because they don't know how to be. They don't know how to be internally happy. They rely on the external items outside of them. They rely on their environment to make them happy. What we don't understand is we decide our environments. The hard part about this is some of our loved ones some of our friends our family some people we follow on social media that we think are funny whatever some of those people are adding to the environment that you probably shouldn't be in who wants to let go of loved ones who wants to step away from family members who maybe are not the best for you but it's the best thing for you i have struggled with this I am not going to go into a lot of detail, but I have struggled with setting boundaries up with family members, and I'm in a place where I finally am firm because I know my environment creates my reality, and vice versa, my reality creates my environment. So I'm very cautious about who I talk to, who I'm around, and who I let in. It sounds selfish, and it sounds like snooty almost, I want to say like if I heard someone say that back in the day, back before I knew anything about like being the best whole for yourself, when I was just wallowing in anxiety and stress and all of those fun things, if you would have told me putting up boundaries for family members was imperative to your success in changing your environment, I would have been like, uh, okay, come on, a lot. If you would've told me that I had to put boundaries up to not talk to people in my family, I would've been like, "Uh, that's rude. You can't do that. That's your family, that's your blood. I think the point I wanna hit home here is if it doesn't feel good, if you're around them and you feel worse, or as soon as you leave, all of a sudden you feel stressed or energy-drained, or anxious, or worse than you did coming in. All of those are signs that these people are sucking energy from you, instead of giving you energy. I have a good group of girlfriends, and we try and get together for a girls' night like once a month. Sometimes it's a little bit longer, three of us have kids, so if you can imagine the schedules. But I always say, After I see them and after we have been with each other and in each other's company, in each other's environment, I always feel happier leaving. I always feel happier the next day. I always feel more understood and more grounded. I feel loved after I see them. And that is so important and that's why we nurture that because we all feel that way. So we make it a priority to see each other. I have family members who I have not seen in years because I have set up boundaries because the relationship crossed my personal moral lines. And I decided this is how I'm going to move forward without you in my environment. And I said that to that person in a loving, caring way, like you're on a different trajectory than I am. And right now, They just don't match up, and I need to focus on me, and you need to focus on you, and that's just where I am. I don't know why people get offended or defensive when you put up boundaries with them. I think because maybe they were getting something from you not having a boundary. But I think boundaries are so important, especially to create the environment that you want to live in. There are people in your life that you know you can't bring certain topics to. And maybe that makes your life easier than trying over and over and over to talk to the same person with the same response. Just try a different way. Change the context, change the environment. Don't bring that conversation to them. This also is very true with like our cars, our bathrooms, our bedrooms, like the very personal spaces that we spend a lot of our time resting, restoring, thinking, rejuvenating ourselves. These places, I think, really define your mindset. If these three places, your environment, are dirty and have old like towels laying everywhere and moldy this and dusty fans and you haven't cleaned up the chair that you have with a pile of clothes on it in three weeks, and you know you have things everywhere. That is not a good environment. <laughs> it's just not a great environment for a peaceful, relaxing mind, which is where you should be in your mindset when you're in bed, when you're driving, when you're showering. These little moments of rest, these little moments of relaxation are compounded even greater when the area surrounding you is clean and happy and restful so even if you add like a pop of color or you add a favorite print or you put your favorite book by your nightstand or you add a plant or you just literally clean it up and keep it clean imagine where your mind would be when you got into a clean bed in a clean room that had all of your favorite everything and it just felt so nice to be in there versus you have a million and one things on your to-do list and just looking around your bedroom you have to add like three more things because a tornado went off. I think there's a lot to be said with that because you're aware that your environment is part of you so you want that to be a nice place to be. The second part of what he said in his quote that I read earlier was that you're not the same person on Tuesday in one room as you are on Wednesday in another room. I think this is very poignant to say because if we really think about it, society doesn't allow us to be a different person from day one to day two. We are all being conformed and trying to be pushed into boxes it's helpful for society to identify and categorize you that way but that doesn't mean that you have to identify or categorize yourself that way you know that you have good days and bad days ups and downs one day you can wake up and you're so excited to conquer the world and maybe you did and you exerted so much energy that day that the next day you kind of need a rest. You need a relaxing day. You need to not be up trying to save the world. That's two different people back to back, but you're the same person. So for us as society, to think that people are fixed in who they are is such a detriment to our perspectives of everybody. If we can give grace to people just as we give grace to ourselves that, hey, they might not be doing their best today. Their environment may have shifted. They may have had bad news given to them. They may have run a marathon yesterday and today they just don't want to talk to anybody. Whatever the situation. We know that we are that way ourselves. So let's give that grace to other people. Instead of following society's rules that we have to look at someone and categorize them truly just based on how they look and maybe how they say hi to you. Building on top of that, we look at the shared meaning of ideas that we have in a society and the context that's built around them based on the idea that we've been given. So like beauty. Beauty is, in society's mind, a box. And if we are following the context of that environment, then we're going to either try and fit in the box or we're going to judge other people for not fitting in the box. Same thing with money. Society has created a meaning of money that we all follow. This is like a big topic and I maybe will make a whole podcast episode on the trap of money. (laughs) But somehow, somewhere along the way, There became a shared narrative of how we treat and accept money, of how we treat and accept beauty, the context surrounding that, the environment surrounding that, when in reality, we could create our own environments based on beauty, based on money. We don't have to try and fit into the standards that society has made for us, because that's not an environment that we want to live in. It's a very narrow-minded, small, try-and-fit-yourself-into-this-box environment, and that's not fun for anybody. But it's also scary to go against the grain and to say, you know what? I'm beautiful with armpit hair. I'm beautiful with a huge big toe. I don't know. We also look at people who don't have a lot of money and say, man, their lives must suck. Well, how do you know? What is their environment at home like? Maybe they only have enough money to pay the bills, but maybe they're happy 90% of their time. And maybe people who think it's impossible to be happy without money, maybe you need to reevaluate your thoughts on money. The last example I'm gonna give is this. If we look at kids they're such a great example for everything they're such good teachers i can give marlo an object that i know to be true as a specific object because i have had lots of context around this object say i don't know a spatula the context that i have had around the spatula is to use it for cooking You use it on the stove, you use it to flip things over, you use it to move things in the pan, and that's pretty much all you use the spatula for. Because in my environment, the context in the spatula is to be used for cooking. If I give the spatula to my daughter, who has no idea what cooking even is, she's going to use it to bang on a drum or to skirt it across the floor. It's going to become a play toy for her. So in her context, in her environment, That spatula is now a toy. And that's totally fine. Am I going to sit here and tell my daughter, no, that's actually not a toy, and you shouldn't use your imagination and create your own context around that? That sounds a little harsh. But I hope that that brought the idea across. All right, so we're going to end with me asking you a few questions to kind of ponder until next week's episode. What does your current environment look like? Are you happy with it? How can you change it? I highly recommend this book, Willpower Doesn't Work. Again, it's by Benjamin Hardy. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners every single week. It's so awesome. You guys keep me going. The comments and the questions and... People wanting to reach out and ask about things. I love that so much. Like this is my calling. I love talking to people and helping them through their mindsets. So I'm going to continue to do it. And if you like me to do it and continue to do it, please share, rate, review, anything that can keep this podcast going and help it find its audience. I know I've said it before. I'm going to be redundant as heck until... I know that it's reaching the audience it needs to. So because you are part of that audience, thank you so much for listening. And I hope you will tune in next week to Sweet Home Cybal.